What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. If you're ready to unleash your marketing potential and crush your small business goals, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Miranda Rodriguez. Over the past four and a half years, I've helped hundreds of small business owners achieve big dreams with small strategic marketing steps. When I say big dreams, I'm talking quitting that part-time job, five times in your income, or opening your first brick and mortar. On this podcast, I'll teach you how to market your business with laugh out loud personal stories, real life client examples and the occasional f-bomb because let's be honest marketing your small business is so much more than just a marketing problem grab your earbuds and let me show you how marketing your business can be simple doable and fun what's up everybody welcome back to the marketing for the uninhibited podcast you're listening to episode number 159 and today i'm joined by my very great friends shay and mariah they are co-hosts of the curiously guided podcast shay and mariah are intuitive business strategists and the co-hosts of curiously guided podcast a podcast for intuitive business owners on the podcast they focus on exploring what it means to be an online business owner that's dedicated to following curiosity, trusting the nudge, and building a life and business that feels good from the inside out. They thrive getting real deep real quick and have a goal to bring more honest, raw, and transparent conversations to the business space. And let me tell you, that is exactly the conversation we have today. It is raw, it is transparent. We go real deep real quick. Um, We talk, we We start out the conversation talking about um, fear and the role that fear plays because the day before we had our recording, fear had come up in all of the meetings for me that day with clients, um, with some people, you know, I'm going to be a guest on some podcasts, but even in that conversation with another podcast host, you know, that idea of fear and how it limits us in our businesses just kept coming up. And so um, if you're on my email list, recently I wrote an email all about fear and how it's not about, um, and actually this is where I got the quote from my friend Shay and I quoted her on the email, but it's not about getting rid of fear. It's not about getting to a point in your business or your career where you feel like fear is no longer part of the conversation um, or part of the equation when, when it comes to decision making in your business, but it is about learning to get comfortable with fear being around. And as Shay so eloquently puts it on today's episode, um, it's about befriending fear. So we we get very honest today about our own fears, about our limiting beliefs, um, where we've let fear stop us or where fear comes up for us in certain situations. And everybody has a different experience with fear, right? For some of us, fear shows up when we think about growth and success and making more money and working with more clients, right? Expanding our reach in our industries. Um, And for some people, fear comes out around like the marketing piece, putting yourself out there, being vulnerable, showing your face more, right? Talking about topics that may not, are not in line with the overall industry opinion, right? Um, Kind of standing out from the crowd a little bit. And so there are, there's just so many ways fears can show up and it does show up for everyone at every different level. And so we, that's what we go into today. And then kind of along that conversation, we also talk about goal setting and 
how fear plays a role in goal setting and then being able to identify like, are, are these my goals? Are these the goals that I've been told I should have in business or in my industry? Um, are they goals that maybe a friend or a family member, when you mentioned that you were starting your own business, they kind of like thrust those goals upon you, you know? Um, so really being able to differentiate between things that you have just accumulated along the way and by things, I mean like feelings, fears, goals, stuff like that. And then things that you've decided, yes, this is for me. This is a goal that I want to work towards, right? Regardless of what anyone else thinks, this feels right for me. And so, um, you know, strap in for this one. <laughs> strap in where? Into your seat, I guess. I'm assuming you're all in the car. Um, just, you know, get ready because this is a a deep episode and I just think it's going to be so beneficial for so many of you and I was excited to go back and listen to it again. I'm excited to see, um, to share this on social media, you know, for the sound clips and everything. So anyway, thank you so much for being here. If you want to learn more about Shay and Mariah, you can visit curiouslyguided.com, which is their podcast website. You can also visit Shay on saleswithshay.com and find Mariah at mariahmagazine.com. You you can find all three of those things, those pe- two of those people and their podcast on Instagram, Instagram.com. Well, you know, at Curiously Guided, at Mariah Magazine Co. and at Sales with Shay is where you can find them. The podcast, their podcast has been my new go-to business podcast lately. So if you haven't checked out their Curiously Guided podcast, I would highly recommend adding it to your queue. They are having some different business conversations. If you're into this I like idea of it running an intuitive business, a business that feels aligned with your goals, um, they get into some of the more um, spiritual topics as well. That's when when I was learning about human design, I went there to learn more after my episode with Amber Keys here. So their podcast is a wealth of information. Highly suggest checking that out. And without further ado, I present Mariah and Shay. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I love the chit chat in the beginning. Like that's like my favorite part of podcasts when everyone's getting ready and like, no, you go first. No, you go first. Um, So Shay and Mariah, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. I will start this just by letting you two introduce yourself. Mariah, yeah. go first. <laughs> yeah, we, we've we already decided that yeah. I'm the first one. I'm the first one in this. So yeah, I'm Mariah from MariahMagazine.com. And basically, I'm an SEO and visibility strategist, as well as an intuitive marketing expert for online business owners. And yeah, I feel like I don't even know where I want to go with this. But really, basically, the thing is, is that me and Shay are both two intuitive business strategists. We actually started our own podcast together. It's called Curiously Guided. And the conversations are just really around like intuitive business and combining the combination of energetics and strategy. And so we kind of both come in with like this strategy background. And then we've both found ourselves walking this similar path of like, there's got to be something more than just strategy in order to build a successful business. So as we're walking this path together, we're like, why not have conversations with each other as well as super inspiring guests in the online business space? And yeah, I feel like that's that's the spiel. And I'm going to I'm going to kick it over to Shay. 
I'm over here laughing because off uh, off recording, Mariah, <laughs> Mariah and I were fighting about who had to go first. And then as you just went and killed it and said everything perfectly, I was yeah. just sitting here like so grateful, but also noticing my palms get super sweaty. There's something about being asked to introduce yourself that's yeah. like, <laughs> no matter how many times you do it. No matter how many times you practice that elevator pitch, it's like always a little nerve wracking. So, um, Mariah, I'm very grateful for you. Thank you. you. (laughs) Okay. uh, My name is Shay Schindler. I'm a sales strategist and mentor for creative business owners. Um, Miranda, pretty much I do what you do, but more from a sales perspective. Mm -hmm. I specifically help creative business owners, um, Sales in the typical way it's taught typically doesn't work for us. And um, most of us didn't go to business school. So I kind of help creatives bridge bridge the gap between how to sell in a way that feels good, how to run business in a way that feels good and sustainable. And that's um, my zone of genius along with Mariah and I have developed this fascination with curiosity and intuition. And we've been exploring that. And what I right now kind of view is like, a work of art in a way through the podcast. And we've been enjoying just meeting people and learning about how curiosity and intuition can be a guide um, in building a superpower, a superpower (laughs) and how we don't have to be so reliant on courses and gurus and feeling like that lack of I'm missing something I need to keep consuming before I can X, Y, and Z. Right. So that's kind of been the narrative that's unfolding with Curiously Guided and we're really um, energized and inspired by it. And it's been an honor to do it so far. Yeah. And I, well, thank you so much for being here and I love your podcast. And I think that is a perfect segue into what we were talking about before we started recording, which is like the, how fear comes up in business and how that limits people. Because I had three meetings before you today and in every single one of those, fear came up in some way. And so one was with, um, it was a consult. And so the woman was saying, you know, she was, she had the money and she was just afraid to make this investment for her business, but she knows that she needs to do that now. Um, and then in the other one, there was a woman who, um, she's a current client, but anyway, she, she was taught by someone and she's having some fear around like branching out from those ideals, like from her teacher and the fears coming up where it's like, well, if I do it differently, like, will it be accepted? Will they like me? You know, that type of thing. Um, and then in the third conversation, he is a, a podcast host too. And he was talking about um, the fear of like growing and letting go of control as you add, bring on team members to your business and wanting to, he wanted to keep his team small um, because he doesn't want it to get out of control. But then he has these really big visions and goals for his business. And so the idea that I think people have this misconception when you start a business or you attain a certain level of income in your business or whatever success means to you that all of a sudden the fear just goes away and the insecurities just go away. And it's like, oh, look at that perfect person over there that has no feelings ever about business, you know, and it's, that's just not how it works. So have you, either of you experienced that in your business so far? And like, how do you navigate that or with your clients? I feel like I can relate to every single one of those on all different ways. I'm sitting over here like, oh, yep, definitely a version of me. Oh, yep, definitely a version of me, all of them. And I mean, I don't like we hear so often business is essentially stepping out of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. right? It's essentially just like 
moving through what you it's it's changing identities consistently and i say i feel like all the time especially on our podcast that like having a business being a business owner you have so many mirrors reflected back to you that like having your own business is its own personal development project on its own like when you own a business you it is a fast track to personal development because every relationship that you have with either your money your clients your your time your schedule all of these are mirrored back to you and they're all just a reflection of the relationship that you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. So through this journey, from my perspective, what's helped me is really cultivating a deeper sense of self-trust. And it sounds simplistic, right? It's like, oh, I'm just going to trust myself. (laughs) And it's like, that's fucking hilarious. Like, Like it's so much harder because there's so many different layers to it. There's so many different aspects and perspectives. And like when you bring, when you start a business, it's, you not only have to trust yourself, but also in order to trust yourself, you have to cultivate this level of safety within yourself. Mm -hmm. This, this trust that like, regardless of what happens, you'll get you, you got you because you've always had you type thing, but it's harder to put it in practice when you're the one that's the boss. You're the one that makes the decisions. You're the one that's financially responsible for the success of your business. And yeah, I feel like from my perspective, it's like increasing self-trust while also increasing some kind of safety inside. Mm, Yeah, I really like that idea a lot. Do you want to expand on that, Shay? Yeah, for sure. I I actually want to like zoom out a little bit first. Pretty much everything Raya said, I also agree with exactly. I want to reflect something we kind of said offline, which is... um, I think right now, especially, I I also have fear. My clients that I'm working with have fear um, in our industry. We're at the end of a slow season. There's a lot, uh, you know, macro, bigger, there's talk of recession and, you know, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And I've heard a lot of like um, fear in one way or another pop. It seems to be a big theme for a lot of us right now. So if you're feeling this too, like, don't know, like we're all in the same boat, 100%. And one thing that I've actually, I sent a Voxer message this week to a client that said, I think the idea of fearlessness is a red herring. Mm -hmm. And like, honestly, how many times I can even think of like business, fearless, blah, 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 be fearless, really when we're doing important work, there's going to be some fear, you know, like it's, uh, it's natural. It's normal. It's human nature, right? Where anytime we're kind of breaking upper limits, um, that lizard brain of ours that feels comfortable where we are, it's going to say something and that probably could look like fear. So I don't know. I've been noticing like in my email titles lately, people are talking about all this fearlessness. And, and I think that we could potentially get in a shame spiral if we are not feeling fearless. And I certainly was in one myself because I'm like, I'm over here terrified in that this person is telling me I should feel fearless. And so I think just like kind of demystifying that maybe even befriending is the right word here. How could we befriend our fear? Mm-hmm. What is our fear here to tell us? Um, and instead of letting that fear cripple us into inaction, right? We're too scared to take action. How could it be another data point to influence, you know, aligned forward movement, whatever that looks like right now? 
Yeah. I feel like it's, it's curiosity. No, Mm -hmm. I mean, like it's essentially because judgment and curiosity can't essentially live in the same space at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if we change the perspective to how can we allow ourselves to be curious about this? How can we allow ourselves to self-reflect? Also, like you said, like this big picture picture thing is going on. How can we allow ourselves in this moment? Like maybe the next baby action step is like, take it apart a little bit. Like what, uh, what part about this is scary? Is it the fact that like, I don't, you don't know what's going to happen. Is it the uncertainty? Is it the fact of like, is it the investment? Is it the actual money or is the fact that like that means something else? And then what are you making it mean? And I feel like that's the piece to get curious about because I find, you know, a lot of the times when I'm feeling hesitant or um, like sticky around a situation, I'm just like, why am I, is it the whole idea that's sticky or is it one piece? Maybe it's like the service that I'm offering. Maybe I don't want to offer that service to those people in that way, or maybe it's not that at all. And maybe it's the price point. Maybe I'm resenting the price point that I gave it. So it's like allowing yourself to get curious about it. I feel like it's the first step of really just starting to explore it. Yeah. I definitely think allowing yourself to be curious and then always like my thing always was like, I'll figure it out, like trusting that you'll figure it out. And I feel like that's something that that is a habit that you have to develop that trusting yourself and proving to yourself like, oh, yeah, I did figure it out. Look at that, you know, and um, I was thinking while we were talking about this, like this idea of fear and move befriending it. Like we took my stepdaughter to the water park for her birthday. And, you know, when you get there and these water parks is the, the largest water park in Illinois. And these, these water slides are enormous. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't know if I'm going down some of these, you know, but you have to like be brave for her because I didn't want her to feel that energy. And of course she was like terrified. She wouldn't even go on like the big kid slides. And so we found the baby pool and we started there like, okay, these slides are fun. Let's upgrade it. And they have a really nice progression of, height of slides there. So there's like three kid levels. And then one of the adult ones is a little bit lower than the rest. And so we just, we just gradually progressed. And then we were on the tallest one that we went on that day. And it was like a pitch black tunnel. And we all sat in the raft together. And then of course, she elected me to go backwards, which I was like, Oh my God, no, I don't want to go backwards. But so we're like, and you have to wait in line. So the whole time you're in line and you're hearing the people scream on the way down and you're watching like some of the kids and the parents kind of freak out as they get closer, a group of like 14 year old girls, like they went down. They said they had seeing the down. people go down yeah. the chicken out. That always gets me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get scared. And so she's starting to freak out. She's seven. So she's like, Oh my gosh, I'm scared. I don't know if I can do this. And I'm like, yeah, but are you afraid and excited? Like I can tell that you're not so scared that you're not going to do it. There's both. It's both. And like, you can be afraid and you can be excited and then you can want to do it. And I think that's where people they shame themselves out of the fear, which then like shuts down your emotions in general. And it's like, okay, now I just, I don't know how to feel like you can be afraid of it. Of Yeah. That if that's the biggest investment you've ever made in your business, like that, that will be scary. And it should be like, it should make you want to do your homework and make sure that this is the right investment for you. Does it feel aligned and good? But then also like, this is fucking exciting because this is the most I've ever invested. And now like, here are these opportunities that will open up, you know, and trusting that it will be, it will work out and the opportunities will come. And even if it doesn't work out how you assume it's going to work out, you're going to learn something regardless because 
it's through experiences that we gain wisdom. It's through experiences that we gain knowledge and understanding. And it's through experiences that we have growth. And so it's like, to be honest, I remember investments that I've made in my business where I'm like, oh, what a learning curve that was. (laughs) But it's like, I don't necessarily, like on one level, I might regret the investment of like, nah, I didn't really need to do that. On the other hand, it's like, I learned a far deeper lesson that I don't think that I would have learned until I had some skin in the game. And boy, did I have some skin in the game, but it's like, I wouldn't have had that experience. And it didn't like I had other expectations, but in hindsight, because wisdom is always in hindsight, right? Like it, I wouldn't have learned that any other way. Yeah. Jay, do you have any experiences that like you felt the same way where it was like scary and exciting? You know, it's funny. Um, I tell this anecdote a lot and I don't know if it's true. I'll Google it right after this and we can fact check myself. But I always hear the story that Mick Jagger pukes before he goes on stage, even to this day. I mean, and I I know some famous person does that. If it's not Mick Jagger, I apologize. <laughs> like football players. Yeah. And so that knowing that was really empowering for me because I was someone that was feeling very crippled by fear for, especially when I was starting my business for a few years, honestly, and even still I'll, I'll have phases, right. It kind of can sneak in without you realizing sometimes. But, um, I think what you're saying is so important of, um, there's different kinds of fear. And I think there's a particular, like knowing that famous people who go perform in front of insane audiences also have nerves so much they want to puke, but it's that like excited fear. It's like, I'm pushing myself, I'm building my muscles right now. That kind of fear is really good stuff. And I think if you can like lean into that and celebrate it, all of a sudden fear and anxiety can turn into excitement. But there was something about knowing that even the big time pros also have fear. And that's kind of the point I was trying to make earlier. That was really empowering for me because I thought I was supposed to be battling the fear and like fear was something I was going to slay or never experience again. (laughs) And then when it came up, I would get really down. And so instead of now, like kind of knowing like, oh, hey, this is part of the human experience. And like, cool, you're here right now. What do we need to know? Like Mariah was saying, I think one thing that's really helped me, I'll visibility is constantly my um, muscle that I'm working on. And so um, I was particularly going through, I was trying to send out like an email to my audience last year and I was really struggling with that. And um, actually a guest on our podcast, Natasha Mack, she kind of recommended, you know, this is a stoic philosophy too, but like the obstacle is the way, right? Mm -hmm. So if I am having fear around being visible, what does a safe baby step forward look like? Because I got to go for, I got to face it. I got to embrace it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that if the obstacle is the way, how could I take just a tiny step forward in a way that feels safe to me? So what that looked like for me was I actually went through the list and I picked out like who I thought my super fans were, like the people that are just loving on me and would like love to see me in their inbox. And I started with them, right? And then when that went really well, all all of a sudden that muscle is a little stronger and then I'm more confident. And it's the same has happened with the podcast. Lord, when the first few episodes of the podcast, (laughs) I was just in full it felt like like literally a little bit of ego death, right? Because I was so scared of being seen that way by friends and family. I was panicked. I was really freaked out. It was really tough. But 
I got through it. And then, um, you know, when you get through it to quote another one of our past podcast guests, Monique, you can collect the points. You know, I did that. I can build my muscle. And then it gives you confidence to take the next safe, maybe a little bit bigger baby step forward. And so that's kind of like allowing the baby steps. And then also like really trying to love on that fear instead of trying to just shove it down. Like you should not be here. Those have been particularly helpful for me in navigating those times. Yeah. And, and to, to bring it to the podcast example itself, it, even now me and Shale record a podcast and then we'll get off. We'll stop recording and we'll be like, Oh, why do I have a vulnerability hangover? Like yeah. I just, what was that? Like, I don't feel like I was on my best today. Like it is not whatever, but like, it's nice to have the other person there mm-hmm. and like, be like, nah, like that is a you thing. You are projecting like you were great. It was fine. Or at least like we have that space right there to, we call it verbalize to rationalize, Mm -hmm. to get out all of these things that are in our head and say them out loud so that either somebody can hold the space to just witness us saying them or ask us questions for us to get curious about it. And I think that that's the great part of either having a mentor, a coach, a consultant, like what, whatever you want to call this kind of support in your business, that's essentially one of the most helpful parts is like being able to verbalize, to rationalize in a safe space of like, this is what, this is the shit that's coming up. And it's like, we all walk around in our own versions of life in our head and we can be so stuck in our head and things will continue to loop if you don't allow them to come out. So like, that's why I think a lot of people like journaling because like it gets it out of the head and onto the page for me more so in the season, I go through seasons of journaling. Sometimes I'm like a journal holic. I've like filled out 400 of them. And then other times I'm like, I don't want to even look at a journal, but it's like being able to express the things that are in my head allows me to, for some reason, detach from these stories, expectations or whatever. So I think just communicating about it can be really helpful too. Yeah, definitely. I think when you, um, I go through seasons of journaling too, but when you can, for me, I always called it like the monster in my head is like bigger, you know, like in my head than it is in real life. When you pull it out of, from the shadows or behind the curtain, you're like, oh, it's not that bad. You know, when you shed some light on it, then you realize like, oh, this is, a doable problem, or maybe it's not even a problem at all, or it's just something you needed to like work through. And that's, um, I think journaling is great. I have found like with my clients, I provide um, Voxer or iMessage, but like support, you know, in between meetings where it's like, oh, this is really helpful for them because it just gives them that opportunity. It started when I had a client, she had like, she has very, um, I don't want to say bad anxiety, but like, it, she has a lot of anxiety and it's a diagnosed thing and it's something she works through every day. And so when a customer would complain in her business, it was like, okay, that's it. We're shutting up shop. You know, we're done here. Um, it would seem like the end of the world to her, which none of us like to deal with that. Like it is anxiety inducing in general, but for her, it was like world ending. And so that's why I started offering the support in between because then she was able to just text me or call me and be like, can you just tell me that this isn't really as big of a deal as I'm making it? And then we would just talk through it. Like, well, what are you making it mean? You know, and, and what's the real problem here? Does she hate you as a person? Or is she just unhappy that the candle broke in the mail on the way, you know, and so just really being able to 
separate like that, that detachment you're talking about, Mariah, between yourself and your business, like being able to identify that the problems that arise in the business do not make you a bad person or a bad business owner. Like we all have customer complaints. We all have, I mean, you're talking about your like immediate podcast regrets, you know, when you stop recording, oh my God, there was a time where I was texting my clients after like, do you want a second meeting? I feel like I was off my game today or Mariah saw it last week, my dog, like he's not here now, but because he barks through everything. And so it's like, I had a consultation this morning. I'm like, will you shut the fuck up? This is a free consultation. Like I'm not going to give her another meeting. Like, so then resisting the urge. So what I like to do in those instances is like, if the person has a problem with it, I'll let them bring it up. Like, Hey, I didn't like the fact that your dog barked through our entire free 30 minute consultation. Can we have a redo? You know, like I'll put that on them. Like if they want to ask for it or if it's really egregious, you know, then I will address it. But in most cases we're making it a bigger situation, you know, where it's like, nah, it's not that big of a deal. Cause I did do that a couple of times. I'm like, Hey, sorry, I was just really tired today. Do you want another meeting? And they're like, what are you talking about? No, it was great. Like, I'm good. I'll see you next month. You know? We are definitely our own worst critics. Yeah. Like for sure. And I think that's why it's just so nice to have like a safe space to to have a reflection. Um, and a, another thing that I wanted to bring up that that was really helpful for for me for a while was doing like worst case scenario. And like Mariah, shame. I have that written down as a note that I was about to bring up. <laughs> you just like you same wavelength. Well, it's funny because Shay is also part of the story because she's the person that I make do it with me. So uh, sometimes I'll be I'll be in fear about something, worried about something, and she'll be like, "Okay, what's the worst case scenario that happens?" And it's like, I don't know. Let's play one where it's like, uh, I don't get a client, and it's like, okay, so you don't get a client. What does that mean? And it's like, well, I can't pay my bills. Okay, cool. What does that mean? Well, that means that I get kicked out of my apartment. Okay, cool. What does that mean? I don't know. And then it ends up being like, I don't know. I'm I die alone. Is like it where it comes ends in. up like I'm homeless under a bridge. <laughs> like, and then I love a I love Shay's feedback to where it's like, do you know how much shit can happen between now and then? That like, that would probably not come true. Right. But also when I do this on my own, I like to do it in more of like a meditative state mm-hmm. and I'll sit in that feeling that I'm trying to avoid because like the ego, the, the lizard brain is essentially, it's, it's trying to protect us. That is like its role in this life. So it's like, okay, ego, let's play your game for a second. So I'll be in like a meditative state and I'll be like, okay, like I am really feeling I don't know this fear. And it's like, what is this fear of? Oh, it's abandonment. It's like, okay, let me envision this scenario. And I'm going to bring that abandonment into my body right now. And I'll hold it there. I'll hold it there for like five minutes, 10 minutes. Sometimes I'll start crying. Sometimes it just like something pops or something shifts. And then it's like, I prove to my ego that I can handle that emotion. And now I am no longer so fearful about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's such such a helpful thing because it's like we're going to continue to run away from the things that we feel uncertain about, the things that we don't want to happen. But it's how often as it's like the thing that you fear most is the thing that happens. And then, oh, look, you were able to handle it. And it's just like that reminder, bringing that feeling into the moment of just like, oh, yeah, I definitely fucking got this. Mm-hmm. It's like reminding your ego, reminding yourself that like, 
you you got that you've always had it you will always have it you'll always figure it out because you made it this far and you've had to overcome a lot of problems between i don't know birth and now <laughs> like how'd you figure out to tie your shoes that was horrifying before oh my god in school navigating school yeah asking questions learning how to read you know how embarrassing it was to read out loud in a classroom of 25 other kids when you're stumbling over your words? But it's like, if little you can do that, then adult you sure can like take one little baby step forward that you feel called to take. Mm-hmm. I think there's something to like reconnecting with when, when have I felt scared in the past? What happened? And specifically what happened afterwards? You know, how did I overcome? What did I learn? How did I become stronger? And then I, for me, it's hard. If you were to ask me that right now, I would be like, Oh, I don't know. And um, so I do think there's something about what Mariah is saying of being in community and con- talking with people. Like I would probably reach out to my best friend or Mariah, like, can you remind me of some times? But it's certainly true that um, I think I use this metaphor a lot, but I think it's true. We are inside our own jars and it's difficult to read the label on the outside. You really need, no matter how good you are, like I have a background in brand strategy. So I do a lot of like helping businesses tell their story. But when it comes to me telling my own story, just blank. And like, I don't make that mean that I'm bad at my job. (laughs) It's very normal to not be able to read your own label. So I think there's something cool about like being around friends, getting this kind of feedback, getting support around like, if you need help remembering when, when you face fear in the past, or if you need help kind of sifting through something that's happening right now that feels really heavy. Um, Are y'all familiar with Byron Katie and her work Mm -hmm. at all? So when you were talking um, about that idea of like, basically... Is it true? She has this cool framework. If you want to self-coach yourself, if you have an issue and you want to like need some help, she has this four question framework. But the first two questions are, is it true? Mm -hmm. And just ask whatever I'm freaking out right now, like I'm going to lose this client and that means I suck and I'm not good at this and then I'm going to die under the bridge. You know, is it true? (laughs) And like, just ask yourself, is it true? And usually the answer is no. (laughs) And you say, yes, is it really true in every situation? Is that really true? it it really immediately detachment, right? So I think that kind of like get community feedback and then take it and spend some time with yourself and use it as like a opportunity to connect with intuition can be a really powerful way to like navigate through fear. Like it feels empowering, right? Like I'm being supported, but I'm also um, part of this is about tapping in and building that confidence, even in confusing times, you know, like I'm resilient. I got this. I remember all the past times I got it. And um, I'm just going to make the best with what I have right now, you know, (laughs) trust the rest. Yeah. I think resilience is a really important part of this journey, like being okay with um, being knocked down or letting, I mean, fear might stop you at some point too. And just being okay that like, okay, well now we're going to pivot and we're going to do, or we're going to take the small baby action step that I am comfortable with instead of this like giant step. And that's where some of like the clients that come to me, there are some who will like only whisper their, their biggest business dream, you know, and I'm like, say it louder. But the idea is like, we're, that's not going to happen tomorrow. You know, we've got a a whole journey ahead of us and it's, we're going to do it one step of it at a time. Like in the, I think people, sometimes it's the fear of like how quickly this will happen. Like, am I going to be prepared for it? Yes. No. And I, I find that with one, some of my own upper limits is like the fear of the fear of success. Like what if it works? It's not even what if it doesn't work? What will, what will people think if this fails? Like, I feel like I'm 
more comfortable with that now than I am achieving some of these higher, like whatever levels, like as my business grows. And it's like, even working with a higher level of clientele, sometimes it's like, Oh fuck. Like, am I going to be able to, am I going to be able to deliver what I just sold? Right. And this fear of like the, it's the upper limit for sure. The fear of the success. And then Sometimes for me, that expands is like, well, what is my family going to think if I make this much money in this amount of time, you know, compared to like my dad who works an hourly job, you know, and it's just like, there's so many different ways fear can come up. So, I mean, you guys can touch on that. And I also wanted to talk about like fear and goal setting, because I think mm-hmm. that, that is an important, um, that comes up a lot for people. Uh, what's in, of course, this is what comes to mind when we're talking about this, but human design, how could I go through one (laughs) podcast episode without me fucking bringing it up? So apparently (laughs) what I've learned from human design is that there's fear gates. I think it's primarily in the spleen. And so if you have a defined gate in your spleen center in human design, those can correlate to certain fears. Hmm. And so one of mine is it's hilarious because before I found this out, I was like, like, I knew that this was a thing, the fear of the past repeating. Mm. And the other one is like fear of too much responsibility. So Mm -hmm. I have both of those defined. And so like sitting with those, asking myself questions about those, I thought that that was um, interesting. If you guys wanted to explore those Uh because human design I'm obsessed with. But the other thing that I wanted to mention is that like your intuition can speak through different voices. And some sometimes that voice is fear. Mm-hmm. And I say this because my intuition has a voice of disgust <laughs> a lot of the time. Like people will say something and my initial reaction is, Ugh, no, <laughs> no. But I know because I've gotten quiet and I've sat in with it. And in hindsight, I've seen how it all works out. Um, it's a sign for me to go deeper because I wouldn't have such a strong reaction to something if I was neutral subconsciously about it. Mm-hmm. So like even hypnotherapy, like I became a certified hypnotherapist. And I remember that like when Shay brought up hypnotherapy, I was like, mm, sounds like meditation, Shay. I don't know, like, ugh, like whatever. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, cool. And then I follow the nudge. And then all of a sudden I just like became obsessed with it for a little bit. So I kind of just wanted to touch on that of like your intuition can speak in so many different voices. And I'm not saying that like, if you're fearful about something that that means that like, that's what's going to happen and all of this stuff, but it's just, it's a little breadcrumb for you Mm -hmm. to follow. And I think that's why curiosity is such an interesting and, and helpful perspective to kind of bring through here of just like, how does my intuition speak to me? Is this a recurring pattern? Like how have I made decisions in the past and how have I gotten the nudge in the past? So yeah, I just think that it's interesting. I like what you're saying, Miranda, about fear being sneaky. And I like that we're kind of naming. So I've recently just had a realization around what we're talking about. Like, I think a lot of us have a fear of not having enough. Mm -hmm. Like there's going to come this moment where I don't have enough resources. I don't have the support I need. I myself am not enough to like Mm -hmm. show up in that that was really enlightening for me because the, yeah, connecting to goals, I found myself like really not wanting to dream big, say big goals loudly, yeah. you know, cause of that fear. And that fear was hard for me to identify a name. That was really a subtle thing that took a lot of working with my therapist, you know, talking, doing the podcast, journaling all the things. Right. And so I think that like, kind of being open to fear being a part of your life and like taking on different faces and looking like different things at different times is 
interesting. And it might be an interesting thing to note, like how is pure fear popping up for me right now? Um, but I liked what you were saying about there's something about time and like things feeling very urgent. Mm-hmm. I noticed that a lot in the clients I coach, like right now I have yes. to figure all this out. Well, really it's a long game, you know, like God willing, we have long lives. Anything we do is going to take time to come to fruition, anything worthwhile usually. Um, so I, I like what you're saying around. I think there's something about detaching from time too. like, uh, for me, a lot of my fears are like, I'm not where I want to be at yet. And like where I expected to be, isn't where I want to be. It's not where I am right now, you know? And so I think usually the answer is, ah, oh, I've got years, you know, <laughs> like this is a life's work, you know, like that spaciousness kind of helps me a lot. Um, yeah, that helps me a lot too. And I mean, we talked a lot on your podcast about that false urgency and yeah. the rushing, but I think this fear So what's interesting too, is like the, I think a lot of it, sometimes I have to ask myself, am I really afraid of this? Or is that like, like when I first started my business, am I really afraid of doing this? Or is that my mom being afraid of like, how are you going to pay your bills? Like we, you just went to college and I did go to business school and now you're going to quit this job that is, it was decent paying, you know, and like it's, it's safe. And even explaining that to Um, like neither of my parents went to college. And so explaining to my parents, like, Hey, I went to college and I have a good job that it's making probably more money than you were at this age for sure. Um, But I'm going to quit now because I feel called to do something else. And so it's like, I really have to, I think identifying like, is this my, is it your fear? Is it that really your fear? Or is that someone projecting fear on you? And I see that that's something people do with kids a lot is they project their fears on kids. And even if it's like um, rebel was climbing on something over the weekend, you know, and my uncle was like, don't do that. You'll break your neck. And I was like, well, if you fucking tell her that, you know, now she's going to be scared and she's going to question it where before she wouldn't even have thought of it, you know? And so it's like, you really have to be, and that goes the same for you. Like the thoughts in your mind, like, are you jumping to the worst case scenario when that's not true, right? Like that, is that true right now? No. Um, And in most cases with kids, I think it's like goes back to adults too. It's like the doubt with fear can come doubt. And when you start doubting your abilities and you start doubting your experiences and you start doubting the fact that maybe no one will buy or whether or not they will buy, that's then I think what kills the creativity and it kills the momentum is the doubt. Like the fear is cool. Fear can come along because that's not going to mm, go anywhere. But like a good distinction. Yeah. Yeah. When you let the doubt in or you let doubters in like yeah. into your, the people that aren't supportive, like there are very few family members that I talk to about my business because it just doesn't like, it doesn't make sense. You know, I created well, a job. I was speaking about there. this this past weekend, a hundred percent. I have the same line when they ask me how work is. I'm like, it's great. It's going yeah, great. It's I great. just always, no matter what, yep. <laughs> like that's it. I literally joke around that I have two different sides of myself that I'm like, I have my in real life self where I'm like, I'm just Mariah. And then I have like my online self where I'm like the people that I connect with in an online space understand what I do. But like my, my friends, they try, they really do. I have to give them credit. They do try, but it's, if if I'm like, yeah, I created this new email marketing funnel and then my conversion rate was this. And then I got stuck into a rabbit hole looking at like Google analytics so I can create a new YouTube tutorial. that I can create a new freebie to get people on my blah, blah, blah. They'd be like, 
what the fuck yeah. did you just say? <laughs> like, what? And like, even people from high school and stuff, I'll see them out and they're like, oh, are you still doing website design? And I'm like, yep, going great. Because I'm not going <laughs> to tell them I do search engine optimization and like intuitive marketing and like blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, yep, still creating websites over here. Call me. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I have a um local podcast I booked for next week and that was like immediately I was like oh why did I do that because I live in my hometown so I'm like there's a potential for all these people I went to high school now I'm assuming everyone's gonna watch it right which is not true but um for all these people I went is to- it true <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like oh my god they're gonna think like this girl who was like chugging vodka in the library parking lot <laughs> now she's like this business owner and I have a hard time with that which is why yeah. I didn't do a lot of local networking because going back to in the beginning Mariah talking about like shifting identities and like changing that's a huge like who we were in high school and then to be in the same place like mm, not that person <laughs> you remember you know that's- I was horrified like But the opposite. I was afraid that my online, my clients, my online business people would find out that I chugged vodka in high school. And I was like, listen, listen, because I was the person in high school that brought the digital camera everywhere. I have like blackmail of my friends for years. I'm the one with all of the shitty pictures of everybody. And I was like, listen, guys, take what you want off of my Facebook now because they're all going bye bye. Like we ain't nobody's finding these. And if you comment on any of my Instagram posts referring to any party days, I'm deleting the comment. No. And I was horrified. And then I was like, wait a minute. Why am I acting like I'm the only person in the world that drank alcohol in high school? Who has a past, right? That any sort of past, any behavior that they're not proud of that they've done before. Especially as a teenager. Yeah, totally. So then when it comes to like fears and goal setting, I mean, how do you how do you both set goals? Well, first, before we get into that, I want to compare something. This will kind of tie the Mm -hmm. ties together. You brought up tracing the origin of your fear. And I thought that was really interesting what you mentioned, because I noticed people doing this with goals too. Mm -hmm. We pick up other people's fears and all of a sudden, without even realizing it, and all of a sudden they become ours. And then we reinforce them and they become patterns. And we've noticed the same with goals in the online space. How many people's goal is it? Six figure year, 10K month. You know, it's we're all rinsing and recycling the same goals over and over. (laughs) And so there's something about being aware of what your inputs are, where you're getting information, and then how those things are influencing your internal narrative. Because Mm -hmm. I've definitely noticed myself having fears pop up. Um, These days, it could be around the recession, you know, take note, are you hearing a lot of people talk about business is hard right now, business is slow right now, I can't get any clients. And then all of a sudden, are you also having those fears? Is that really true for you right now? You know, like kind of doing the same process and the same with goals. So like, let's pivot over to that, you know, um, we have found, I have found I can achieve any goal, right. But ultimately if it was somebody else's goal, I'm not really satisfied. And I'm in the same position as I was when I started. So my big realization with goals is it's more about becoming the person, you know, like really connecting with future self. I know that's an abstract idea, but even if it's just little bits of, I want to be more of this and less of this Mm -hmm. (laughs) again, back to the baby steps, Mm -hmm. right? Like I have really, I am a strategist and these days I'm feeling really detached from like very specific 
goals as if I am in control of when this happens and in how much and in what time, mm-hmm. how arrogant. <laughs> I think COVID has taught us all, you know, none of us, I, I love the idea of smart goals and the idea of the specificity. It's cool. I get the thought exercise behind it. But I think when we get too hung up on like really hard KPIs mm-hmm. in like really hard metrics and we have to get to something, but it's detached from our why. And it really has, doesn't lacks that deeper level of meaning and deeper level of who I'm trying to become in the work I'm trying to do in this lifetime. Yeah. It's meaningless. It's unfulfilling. I, I, it doesn't motivate me at the end of the day. Right. So I think there's something cool about like having self-awareness and building your self-awareness mus- muscles to the point of finding your own goals and what do goals look like for you right now? <laughs> you know, for me, I'm in this big rebellious phase where I'm like, I'm not putting metrics on anything because I can't handle it. But former me was like a huge data nerd. Like I just, I don't know. I am kind of loosening up on even my own definition of goals and allowing that to sh- change because what I've found is a lot of people will set a goal and not reach it and then just spend years beating themselves up about it. Mm -hmm. And then they're using that as evidence that they can't set new goals and achieve new things. You know, it's like reinforcing. And I, I think goals are lovely. I think they're so powerful, but they're not so set in stone and rigid to where it means something about us if we don't reach them. Does that make sense? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I think you just dropped a lot of knowledge on people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, I don't know. I just think about when I first started business and I would have my journal out and I would do my yearly review and I would be like, what are my goals? I refused to write down goals because I was afraid of becoming a failure for not hitting those goals. So I just wouldn't make goals. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not making goals. And then I was like, well, I heard that I need KPIs and I need goal, blah, blah, blah. The word KPI, I'm a a fucking business strategist and I never use the word like KPI. I don't even know what that means. I use that in an Instagram post after we talked about it. I'm like, I'm going to use this. I'm going to tell people about it. I'm just like, I don't even know what that is. Any of my clients you want to work with me, I don't use the word KPI. Like I don't, I don't even know (laughs) what the fuck that means. But it's like, I remember writing, maybe this is KPI, whatever. So I was writing down, I was starting my YouTube channel and I was like, all right, I'm going to hit a thousand subscribers. And I just wrote it down because it's like, that's what I thought that I had to hit. Mm -hmm. And I remember like, you know, checking back in with my goals and I just started laughing and I'm just like, why? Like, why did I, I wrote down these goals because I thought that I had to, like Shay said, like these were somebody else's. It's like, if I do this, well, I'm, I guess I must be trying to reach this thing because that's what everybody reaches for. And like that, that same thing of like these money goals of like hitting a a six figure, having a six figure business. But the goalpost keeps fucking moving. And yeah, as soon as you hit like, six, they're like, where's that seven figure yeah, business, yeah. baby? <laughs> is your is your next go eight figure business in one year in one minute? Do you want to make eight one figures? Minute. And I'm just like, I don't like Shay says on our podcast all the time, like these goals are set. Like I'm trying to buy my own private island. And like I'm everyone's not working. Everyone's working with this hustle mentality. Like we're trying to all be billionaires. And it's like, is that really your end goal? Truly? Right. Is that what you want? Is that enough? You know? Yeah. yeah. That's what you have. Everyone has to identify their own version of success and their own version of like, okay, what does this mean to me? Do I really want six figures or do I just want like a comfortable to pay my bills, have a little extra spending money and the flexibility to take my kids to and from school? Like yep. you don't have to, I mean, it's whatever the, the focus it's like, 
the focus gets, the attention gets put on the wrong things. You know, I used to have a client who obsessed over follower count and I was like embarrassed. I'm like, you have five times the amount of followers. Like the the followers is not equal dollars. Like that's not, I wish we could like yell that forever. And so many people only make decisions based on follower count. It doesn't even correlate to engagement. It It doesn't doesn't correlate to making money. It doesn't correlate to anything. Yeah. It's like, it's not even, it doesn't even correlate to all those eyes on you because we all know that we don't even see half of each other's stuff. So it's like, that's not how it works and figuring out I think that's where it's really like the KPIs come in, where you you need to identify the key performance indicators. What does performance mean to you? What does that mean to you? Like, is yeah. performance followers? Because to me, that's not perform. Maybe it is. It depends on what you're doing. Like, are you running a 30-day real strategy where you're trying to boost followers so that you can boost awareness and engagement or whatever you think it's going to mean? But like, it all depends, like measure for what you want to grow. And that's, so it's like, if you are going to the gym and your goal is to lift heavier weights each week, your goal is to increase weight and build strength. And like, there's no point in measuring the scale, right? Scale is irrelevant at that point. Or like if the goal is to lose weight, then maybe measuring inches versus weight, like the goals for your clothes to fit better, whatever it is. I think people the, so many people, but, but I don't like the weight loss conversation, but it's easy because it's like, okay, so many people use the scale as the the tool for success when it that is most times not the goal or it's not directly related to what their fitness goals are. And so it's like, are you using the right tools to measure your definition of success? And what does that look like for you? Yeah. Putting those into place. And that's where like all three of ours here will probably be different because we have different goals. We have different businesses and yeah, anyone want to take it from there? <laughs> just You know, I, I've actually never really put two and two together about this until you're saying it, but I've had clients complain to me before. I actually develop like metrics with clients, but it's all around them and their goals and mm-hmm. more like lifestyle. Am I living the life I want yeah. kind of stuff? And the complaint I hear is when they've hired people in the past to do it, those people come in with like, these are the three things we're going to measure. This is what I measure with all of my clients. This is what it means to be successful. And so then my client was feeling beating up on herself because she was really struggling to show up every month and to collect the data and to really track that. And I'm like, of course you don't, these numbers are meaningless to you. Numbers are only as valuable as the meaning that you have to them. Right. So I love what you're saying about this has to be tailored to you. It's really useless if it's the same blanketed across everybody, which unfortunately I think is industry standard. Maybe that's why I always fucking hated KPIs because yeah. I just assumed yeah. that it was like KPI means your conversion rate <laughs> times the blah, 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 of blah, blah, blah. And like, that's not how I measure performance. Like, no, no. It could be like, how many hours did I have to write in my journal this week? You know, it can be yes. all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like <laughs> yes. that's really, that's like how I, that's how I measure my business success is in my day-to-day life, am I enjoying the work that I'm doing? Am yes. I enjoying the routine that I've set up for myself? Do I enjoy how I'm interacting with clients? And that's really how I track my business success. I mean, obviously, like, are my fucking bills paid? Like, right. what? Like, what's what's the <laughs> revenue that I'm making here? Like, obviously, we need to have the financials. Yes. But it's like, 
what I care about more is where my time is spent. Mm-hmm. How, and that's why like with my clients, we really focus on like, what makes sense for you with marketing? What would feel good for you to do? And that's why SEO is where I really focus on for my own business. But even in a broader sense of just like organic, sustainable marketing, showing up on podcasts like this, it's fucking fun. Mm-hmm. Doing SEO, it's long-term. I have a blog mm-hmm. post that I wrote six years ago that's still on the front page of Google. And it's like, if somebody was like, your goal this month is to do a reels challenge. I'd be like, I'm literally allergic. Like I can't (laughs) do it. No, because like that doesn't match the lifestyle that I'm trying to live. I like space. I like community and I like connecting. I don't want to have resentment towards my business, towards my marketing strategy. So it's like, I choose marketing strategies that correlate to the lifestyle and the routine that I want day to day. And like, that is success for me. But when I feel sticky, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm just like, is there a boundary that I need to put up? Am I going in a direction that maybe doesn't feel aligned with me right now? Am I booking too many of this? If I'm booking too many of this, like maybe I don't want to do this service anymore. Maybe I need to increase my prices, but it's, I really start to feel within me of just like when I'm on the right track and when I'm not, because like it feels different. And that's kind of like the gauge that I use versus like, what's my conversion rate for everything? (laughs) I think understanding how it feels is really important. And that takes time to like, to be aware of that, like the level of self-awareness that comes with that. But then also that means operating at a slower pace because when something comes up for me now where I start to feel resentment around something and I'm like, all right, yeah, it's just because I didn't, I didn't charge enough. And then trying to figure out like, all right, what's my next move here? You know, I'm not going to go like scorched earth and just cut everyone off and double, triple the prices, you know, in a one day window, but it's just like, all right, what's the move? Like, how do we move forward from this place and get to a place where like, I can still serve my clients in a place that feels really good and they feel good about it. And so, um, I think that is a huge piece of it and people, this is where the consumption comes into play when you're consuming and we all have podcasts here, but we also know that like, there comes a time where you have to shut out the noise and you really have to tune into yourself. So whether that's journaling, meditating for some like Mariah, thank you, human design. And I figured out that like, it is part of my, what is it? My profile, my chart that I like grounding in my body, like a physical practice is very important for me to come back to like center myself. That is, and I have always known that, but then it was like confirmed by human design and-, and then confirmed like into like in another podcast that yeah. I listened to literally later when I was at the gym they were talking about like if you have some gate it means that like you really need to get in your body and I was like oh my god and I'm like messaging her on Voxer. I was like you're not gonna believe it here's your validation gotta go yeah that's it so figuring out what that means for you like how do you center yourself how do you ground yourself And then also like, who do you, your community, you know, like when you're having a hard time, I have the friends that I can reach out to and be like, Hey, can you just give me a a gut check here? Like, am I being crazy or is this like, not, you know, just help me out. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I feel like also looking at business, just like a really big fucking experiment. Yeah. Because it that's all it is, right? Me and Shay talk all the time about collecting data points. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when I first started in business, I couldn't tell you if SEO was the way that would work for my marketing. I couldn't tell you that I like doing podcast interviews. I had to test and tweak that. I had to figure that out. I had to collect the data points. And I feel like so often, especially newer business owners, it's like they're afraid to test out these different marketing strategies because it's not what their coach said to do. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, but what do you want to do? And ask the question, am I limiting myself? Am I limiting the possibilities of marketing? Because to be honest, a lot of times it doesn't fucking make sense. Like, I got stuck in the sauce a couple a couple months ago of like, I thought that I had to show up on Instagram the whole time. And so I was like really resenting it, but I was forcing myself to do it because this is the way that I was going to do it. And then I was like, I had to step back and I was like, wait a minute, why am I putting myself in this box that the only way that I get clients is through Instagram? And I was like, what do I really want to do? I was like, you know what? I really want to create content. So like I started up my YouTube channel again and literally the my business has been so much more successful. And it's the least amount of time I've ever spent on Instagram. And it's like, logically, it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't fucking need to. Yeah. I think the idea of questioning it, like, what if it, whatever your brain is telling you, like, what if that's wrong again? Like, is it true? Is it true? You know? And then sometimes it's testing it. It's like, fuck it. I'm just going to find out. Like, we'll see. I think there's something to remember. Um, you know, I've noticed a few articles starting to come around out around this topic. Um, if you guys are familiar with Tara McMillan, she just had a big blog post come out about this this week, which you can stalk her about. Basically, the internet landscape has radically changed and is radically changing compared. So when we are learning coaches' frameworks and gurus' frameworks all centered around building a really big audience and then creating products to scale to that audience, mm-hmm. it's a different world these days. Mm-hmm. Um, all the big platforms have changed their business models. It's not the same. And I feel like we're getting this old playbook yes. that is not acknowledging like the day, what is going on right now. Really, there's like a more, I think the name of the game these days is what Mariah and you are saying of, people are attracted to you having fun. People yeah. are attracted to you being in your zone of genius and you lighten up about it. That is the energy where marketing becomes like magnets. Yeah. You're magnetizing people to you. So just like Mariah said, if you're showing up to Instagram salty, that's not going to work, you know? <laughs> but if you're showing up on YouTube, like having a blast, that's going to be the ticket, right? Like let it, wherever you can show up and have fun with it, I think there's something to that as opposed to like, do 30 reels in 30 days and then you'll get X growth. Like that's just like an old way of thinking about it that I would like everyone to break free from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's like going back to the, um, you know, marketing is about connecting and figuring out like how best do you connect with others? Like I, I have always known, I like in-person stuff. Like I like video. I don't like, as long as I like the event itself, you know, some networking is weird, but like I, w- I have an in-person networking event tonight. And I know like I go to this thing every month because I love who shows up there and it's different every month. And so just figuring out, and for some people that sounds horrible, like local in-person networking sounds horrible, but I'd rather Awful. do that. I'm yeah. <laughs> You know, so like, it just depends on the person. And if I can go and be social and I know that it's not going to completely drain me. And I know now that I have gotten clients from this 
event. And so it's like, all right, cool, I can show up here. And I do have a lot of local local clients. So I think it's important for me to have some sort of local presence. Um, you just have to identify what works for you. Because if it if you feel salty every time and you resent it every time, like you're putting the energy out there, but also it's like less likely that you're going to show up consistently there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so, and we talked a lot about consistency on your podcast too, but I think just really, and that goes back to people tuning into themselves and trusting their own process and mm. being okay with the fact that maybe other people in your industry are not doing it that way. And I that's think a huge that, thing for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, I must be doing something wrong because the way that I want to help people isn't the way that everybody else is helping people. And wow. so it's like, I'm I'm looking around and I'm like, well, let me use somebody else's framework. They have client success. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not here to regurgitate the same shit that everybody else is. No. It's like, how can you show up in a way that feels aligned and tying it back, hold the fear with yeah. it? There yeah. is fear here, especially when you're moving in a direction that it feels like nobody else is moving in. And mm-hmm. then you're like, am I the crazy one? And it's like, I mean, genius is part crazy. So where it's like, we all got to be a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, what is normal? If everybody was normal and still s- staying and coloring inside the lines, then we would have no innovation. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's such a good point. I was actually coming back to fear as well. Talk about a fear I haven't really ever named or labeled, but that fear exactly. Um, Sorry, Mariah, you like just scattered my brains. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like piecing together so many things right now. I know. I'll let you take it over, but that just connected so many dots for me. I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, it's that idea. It's like, I mean, I think that also ties into the idea of picking up other people's goals. And like so much of what a lot of us do is we build these. I mean, and I think so in the beginning, you look for proof of concept, right? Like who who's out there doing it? And sometimes it's just like doing it in general, who has been successful in this industry in some way. And now where I'm at is like, who's out? Who's rogue out there? Like who's out there doing yes. phone fucking like um, <laughs> there's a a woman I follow recently and I was looking at her outfit and I was like, there was some judgment coming up in my brain. Cause I'm like, damn, her titties are kind of out there right now. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I know she makes like, yeah, she is successful. I love learning from her. I have worked with her and I was just thinking about her. It was like the way she was positioned and what she was wearing. And then in my mind, I just like, it was like all this, well, you can't make money. You, No one's going to take you seriously if your boobs are out there on Instagram, which they weren't out there. Okay. That's not like her. Yeah. No, I totally understand what it you're saying. Just, I've had very similar thoughts every yeah. time I scroll on Instagram. Right. And then I thought like, yes, this is why I learned from her because she is out here. She has her own style. She is like in doing it her own way. Like when we work together, sometimes I'm so afraid to show up like after a workout, if I don't have time to shower and she was like, sorry, I didn't have time to shower after the gym. I'm like, okay. And one time, one of the highest business investments I've ever made, she literally had an old mattress behind her in the background. And she was like, my house is under construction right now. This is what we got. And there was like a pile of laundry. There was a mattress, you know, and in my, I never, ever would, I would have canceled the meeting before I got on with that in the background. And then she pitched me the highest investment I've ever made. And I, it didn't matter that it was a mattress, you know, mm. 
I um I picked up my thoughts back off the floor. I think we have this fear of doing things differently. Yeah. There's like um and actually what like UX research is finding out that we really respond to novelty as consumers. So these days there's really an if you can be different, that's the mm-hmm. trick to standing out, right? But so many of us are trying to rinse and repeat and do things the same and really shaming ourselves. I mean, I'm shaming myself because like the vision and what I want to build, I haven't really seen it. And I'm telling myself it won't work because I haven't seen it. But really, could the is it true? Could the opposite be true? And I think actually, when you can be novel, when you can be surprising and stand out in people's minds, there's something that that's really the ticket. Yeah, yeah I I like that. You you've said that to me numerous times of just like ex- explore the novelty of things because I mean it's mm-hmm. it creates an ear prick up moment and we're all tired of being marketed in the same way with the same fucking words over and over and over again. Ooh, I think that's yeah. a good point. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I wanted to mention is I remember working with a coach and she like this is kind of piggybacking off of what Miranda said here is like half of the time your clients they're not hiring you just because of what you can teach them. Mm-hmm. They're hiring you because of who you are or like who you be or like who you show up as and how authentic you are. And most of the time, it's like, if you think about it, like clients will come with questions that might not even be related mm-hmm. to like what you specialize in or your zone of genius. Instead, it's like, wait, how did you do that? And it's like, it's like they're they're craving this permission slip. Yeah. So to do it their own way. And so it's like, oh, can you walk me through the process of like how you decided to stand out on the ledge and you made that decision to be even more authentically yourself? And I think that that comes into the the buying process, but like it also needs to come into the selling process. But and you can't hit that with manipulation. Mm-hmm. You can't hit it with manipulative marketing. You, yeah. The only way for you to hit that resonance is from you authentically showing up as who the fuck you are. And honestly, figuring that out is a fucking journey. It's so- a long-term play. It is not a, it's not an overnight success. It's not a quick sale. And it's not, you know, that's the long-term commitment right there. Yeah, because mm. like who I am today is not who I was last week. Who I am today, like would... 22 year old me that started this business would not know who the fuck I am today. Yeah. So it's like, how many times do we have to change our identity and are we willing to? Mm -hmm. Because that is how we attract next level clients. That's how we allow ourselves to bring fear back in and move past the fear because who I want to be is more important than who I was. Mm hmm. Yeah. And so it's like that comes into play too of just like I don't know if I could scream anything from the rooftops it's like authenticity transparency. Those oh two God. things that's where the money is and you can't fake that shit. 100% and I had a well so I work because I work with so many local clients when I raise my rates I get I get afraid like well what if they talk you know and so and so is paying this and this one is going to pay more and and I just had to get over it because it was just like well Okay. That, I mean, that's just, that's how it works in business. Like, well, yeah, she hired me three years ago. I didn't have all this three more years of experience and, you know, results with some of these clients now that I can speak to you like that. That's what you're paying for there, that experience and that value and being, being okay. I had a conversation with, um, another success, like local and successful, like her business is making money, but she's also got 
people working in the business now where she's not tied to it all the time. But um, she was just saying, like, you just have to be okay with whatever people are going to say about you making moves because most people are going to stay at a certain level. And the minute you climb out of that level or even express like interests, like, well, I want to do it differently. I want to do things my way. People are going to shit on it. Oh, and yeah. that's just human. Because it's nature. challenging them. And their know? whole narrative sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yep. The idea you know, that you yeah. can do it differently. It's interesting because I, I just had this conversation not long ago with Andrew, my boyfriend. And in my family, I have been blessed where my family oh, like has always told me, Mariah, whatever you touch turns to gold. Like you can do whatever you want to. And like, I know I'm really blessed to have a family that like yeah. supports my wild and crazy random fucking ideas and dreams and like this life that I've created. But Andrew just recently quit his really well-paying, secure, safe job. And his family was like, we don't think that's a smart financial decision. And they're all talking behind his back and like, blah, 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 blah. And he's just like, it's not a smart financial decision. But I considered more than just financials making this decision. And And it's just like, it's a reminder of like, those people didn't have to go to that job every day like he did. And from the outside, it's like, he can't be that bad. You're making money. He's like, I value more than money. And so it's like, it comes back to like, what are you prioritizing and what's important to you? Because these other people don't have to live in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. It's ginormous. It's it's everything because it goes back to like, what fears are you picking up? What goals are you picking up, you know, and being okay, creating that separation. Like I have, my mom is supportive in that same way, you know, like she was always supportive, but she also defaults to anxiety and analytics sometimes. So it's like, that's what will be at the forefront. But I also know based on how she grew up and then she was a single mom. So that would have been ludicrous for her to like quit whatever job she had with two young kids at home, you know, and when I did it, I didn't have any kids at home and I was living in her house. So like you have to, everyone has different risk factors and being able to figure out what yours are and what you're comfortable with, I think is where that's where we all come into play. Like as we help our clients to be able to identify like their own desires and like the client I had today, you know, and I think there's also some coaching opportunities there where you're able to, cause she, she said, she had a dollar amount in mind that would allow her to quit her full-time job. And I just said, well, when you hit that dollar amount, do you think even then it would be enough? And she was like, no, I already know because she's a perfectionist. Right. And so that's where the coaching comes into play. And it's like, okay, so what's enough just to get you to take the risk? Mm -hmm. What's it not the perfect amount that like I could retire now and I will be fine. You know, it's just, What's, what's going to, what's that small baby action set that's just going to get you closer to making that leap? Like, how do we get you more comfortable with it? Which I think goes back to everything we talked about, like moving with the fear and befriending it. Yeah. There's something about, um, what Mariah is saying I have gotten from working with Mariah, but it's being aware of what voice you're choosing to listen to. And if you think about the voices in your head and you can have dials on them, sometimes I'll catch myself in that fear voice that dials up pretty loud. And Mariah has this lovely inner narrative of, 
everything I touch turns to gold. We're, mm-hmm. I'm a genius. And then when we started working on the podcast together, we'd get off a call. We always say we're geniuses and she, you're a genius. And so she starts reprogramming that narrator in my head. And so I would, I would say if you're having a moment of fear, pay attention to what, what are you choosing to listen to? What are you telling yourself? What are the stories going on in your head? And could, again, we rewrite that script a little bit to yeah. focus on some more, po- are we perhaps focusing too much on the negative and not enough of that? Like we have a cheerleader team, we have guides, we have support in this life, you know, let's turn the volume up on that. Um, mm-hmm. That's been really helpful for me. Thanks for bringing that up. And thanks for that reflection. Uh, I did just want to piggyback off of that really quick of like, when I say the word genius, it doesn't mean like Albert Einstein, like I know fucking everything and nobody can tell me anything. It's it's more so like this weird, deep-seated conviction that like I'm a genius at what I know right now in this moment. And if not that, if I can't get behind that, I'm a genius at being myself because nobody else can be better at being me than being me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how can you tell yourself like, you're a genius at what you do. You have a zone of genius. Maybe you haven't found it yet. Maybe you haven't worked up the muscle to confidently say that, but it's like, you're a genius at something. And so how do we start really focusing, focusing in on your strengths? Because like we all have different talents and gifts and like, we're all a smaller pieces of this big machine, this big collective. And like your voice, your perspective is needed. So regardless of your confidence level, like is it true that you are a genius at being yourself or your zone of like, yeah, it is true. So like, how else could it be? Yeah. (laughs) Like it literally can't be anything else. So like it's true and run with it because it feels great. Yeah. I love that. And I think we can just wrap it up here because like, so the idea of like, yeah. Okay. Being a genius, you are a genius of yourself, but then this idea that like, if you are not good at something yet, maybe that's just not the thing you should be doing. Like, why do we have to pursue things forever that we're maybe you don't like, or you're not good at then Fuck it. Find something else. Like yes. there's so many things out there. And that goes back to the idea of business being an experiment and your marketing being an experiment. And if, reels are the bane of your existence there's so many other ways to connect with your people so like go out there and find them somewhere else and this like let go of the things that you're not good at or the things that don't bring you joy i think we we force ourselves to hold on to these things because we think we should or someone told us along the way that that was the only way to make it work but it's not and there's so like so there is a level of audacity that has to come with being an entrepreneur and courage and resilience to do it your way other because any other way is not sustainable yeah yeah i love that i do too and i love how we shit on instagram because it's so easy I still use Instagram though. We all still do. I know. We all love connecting in the DM. So if you guys are listening to this and you're on Instagram, then DM us because we like that. Well, tell us how, what are your, how do they find you on Instagram and elsewhere? Oh yeah. Okay. So if you want to connect with the podcast, you can head over to curiouslyguided.com. That's where the podcast hangs out. Or of course you can search curiously guided on any platform that you listen to podcasts. We are on Instagram as curiously guided, but it would probably be easier to maybe DM us over on our personal ones. If you're feeling like you just want to have a personal conversation one-on-one, then my Instagram is over at Mariah Magazine CO. And I'm at Sales with Shay.
Thank you so much for being here. This is, it's always so much fun. I feel like next time we need to book an extra hour. <laughs> we could go on forever, forever. for sure. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. I love this. Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to another episode. If you loved what you heard today, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your community on Instagram. Be sure to tag me at Marketing Uninhibited so I can share you with my community. And don't forget that you can achieve your big business dreams with small marketing steps. Talk to you next week.